Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Thursday to you. It's Thursday, December the 26th. Got my man Mark Narducci back here. Mark, let me tell you something, brother. We covered the Christmas game between the Sixers and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I was on here yesterday yapping about how the Sixers would lose by 20, maybe <laughs> even 30. The Sixers were up 29 at one point. I mean, Milwaukee made a little run, but whew, the Sixers look great. The Sixers ended up winning 121 to 109. All the hype that everyone's been talking about the 76ers, all the preseason hype on national television in front of a sold-out crowd, the Sixers look like the real deal against the Bucks. You know, Keith, if it wasn't their best game, it was it was at least their top two. I mean, maybe that win in Boston, the 115-109 win in Boston because it was in Boston, that was a good win, but you're – you're right. This final score wasn't indicative of really how, how much they, they dominated the Bucks, And uh, they shot threes. They defended okay against the three. And uh, the key was, I mean, Joel Embiid and, and the defense he played on Giannis. True. And here's the thing about that Boston win. So, you know, Joel gets called out. You know he's going to play well. But even still, that Boston team was coming off a of back-to-back yeah. where the 76ers were sitting in Boston. Even still, you know, that guy, uh, Daniel Feast, uh, he's like a 6'8 center. Embiid is 7'1", 7'2". You know what I mean? He had the guy by 80 pounds. So you're saying to yourself, like, okay, Joe, great game. I mean, you came out, you played on fire. But when you sit back, you're going up against a power forward. This team... The Milwaukee Bucks is a grown man's team. They had big guys. Now, again, they had some injuries, too. But the Sixers look great. I mean, they were just draining threes. I mean, the 76ers shot 21 of 44 to 21 uh, made threes, tied a franchise record. You know, Joel Embiid was, I mean, he had 14 points in the first quarter. And when you look at it, Giannis and Takupu, I call him the Greek freak. I'm always butchering his last name with the pronunciation pronunciation a little bit. If you would have said that he was the MVP, you would have you would have like stopped lying. I mean, don't get me wrong, he played well. He did things, but he just couldn't shoot the ball. He missed shots. He, he couldn't shoot the ball. He couldn't finish. He couldn't finish. But when you look at his overall overall stat line, you know, here he is, he has eighteen points. He had uh, 14 rebounds. He had seven assists. Now, he did have three turnovers, but he shot eight for 27 from the field. He was 0 for 7 on threes. And a lot of that had to do with Embiid. Embiid looked like the MVP on this night. Yeah, and and afterwards, you know, Giannis, you know, he gave him credit. When someone said, "Did did the Sixers do anything different to you? He said, no. He said, you know, Embiid played well. He said, I, I just didn't make shots. How many times around the basket did he miss, though? I mean, that, that. and the other thing, Keith, and I, I just wrote a story about him that it's still up on Inquire.com, and everyone's trying to make it sound like this guy has solved his three-point shooting woes, and I basically said, hold off on that. You know, he was shooting about 32% coming in 
uh, to the game. As you mentioned, he was 0 for 7. He's not a good free throw shooter this year. He's, he's shooting under 60%. So as great as he is, and he is great, um, there, there are those two holes in his game, and, and we saw them today. We saw them yesterday on, on the Christmas Day game and uh, with the three-pointer, but I, I bet you there were about five or six at least chippies that just, I don't know how they missed. He nah. Was, he was so close to the basket, don't know how he missed them. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, but I think they were also putting, pre- they were putting, like, pressure on him. He was coming down, he was doing stuff, like, drawing the crowd. You got MB leaning on you when you get in there. They're playing physical. And he looked like he got a little frustrated. And, and the prime example was when he felt like in the fourth quarter that he was knocked to the ground. And then he gets up and he's, like, charging at the ref to yell at the ref and he gets teed up. I think a lot of this was frustration. You know, I and I, I hate to say that they took the 76ers lightly, knowing how the Sixers are, especially in big games. Um, you know, you hate to say that. But, you know, I, all I know is – Here's the thing about the 76ers right now. You know, again, I just thought they were going to get blown out. I thought it was going to get ugly. But when you look at it, the Sixers have a 4-1 record against the three teams ahead of them in the Eastern Conference standings. Right now, y'all, the Sixers have the fourth best record in the Eastern Conference. They're 1-0 against the number one team. The number one team is the Bucks. right? The Bucks got the best record in the league. They are 2-0 against the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are second, and they're 1-1 against the Miami Heat. Now, they blew Miami out the first time they played them. They beat them like they were beating the Milwaukee Bucks. The second game, the Miami Heat went into the zone, and the Sixers struggled mightily against it. So when you look at it, you know, the Sixers are extremely inconsistent. You know, they show signs of struggling against the zone. They've had some injuries, and as they have chemistry problems at this particular time. But against the top three teams in the East, they have a 4-1 and one record. So that's telling you that if they turn this thing around or, you know, if they come out and they play like great teams, they're going to they're, they're a quality ball club. It's just that they have to bring it every night. No, no question about it. And the other thing, you know, we talked about Embiid. How about Ben Simmons with 14 assists and just two turnovers? Now, Keith, I am one of these people that thinks that Ben Simmons' lack of shooting from the outside is eventually going to catch up to the Sixers. I think it'll hurt in the postseason. They get away with it now in the regular season, and he he did certainly enough to. Um, to, you know, to counteract that. And he had Giannis on him, who is a first-team all-defensive uh, NBA player. Uh, he shot 7 for 10. I mean, Ben Simmons had a very, very nice game coming off a game that, that you had covered in, in Detroit where he had 17 assists. Yeah, he had a, he had a pretty good game. And, and for Ben, typically, you know, Ben played well in, in a big game against a big opponent, you know, which is huge for him, you know, because – you know, Ben Simmons is an athletic guy. He does things. But then, you know, there are certain times where in games like this, if people are saying, oh, what did Ben do later on? Or what did Ben, you know, they say he fades from him. He didn't fade this time. And, um, you know, sometimes I think he does play well, but there are some games that he fades. So people assume that he fades in every game. But, um, 
you know, yeah, overall, this was a great performance by the Sixers. You know, uh, one to build on. But when we come right back from this commercial break, there's one guy in particular who has really been playing well the last two games, and we'll talk about him when we get right back. All right, Mark. The guy that I want to talk about who's been playing extremely well is Mr. Furkan Korkmaz. Now, you know, whenever someone plays extremely well, I always put a Mr. behind their name, I mean, in front of their name. So, Furk, you know, Furkan, you know, he had a career-high 21 points against uh, Detroit a couple nights ago. Now, you know, you're saying to yourself, look, bruh, that's against Detroit. I mean, great one, but it's against Detroit. Well, he comes out this night, like you said earlier, he had a plus 20, right? He had 16 points. He made four of five threes. And, and I think the key part, Keith, is when, when Milwaukee went in the zone, he was the guy that, that, you know, helped solve that for the Sixers. And that's big because that the zone hole question is going to be a, you know, a big question mark over the Sixers. Have they done a little better with it? Yes. Uh, have they solved the problem totally? I won't say that. But Korkmaz, if he can continue doing what he does best, which is shoot from the perimeter, he's, he's up to like 39% from three-point range. He's got the most threes on the team. I think he's going to keep staying in that rotation, Keith. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. But my question to you is, can Furkan Korkmaz be the three-point shooter that they need in the playoffs? I think that's to be determined. I, I don't think we can say that right now. With, with that kind of added pressure that, that you have, I think he's trending toward that way. I'm not ready to give him that yet, but I, I, I think it, he's certainly playing with a lot more confidence. His teammates really seem to like the way he's playing and, and really talked him up after the game when we were uh, – in the locker room and, and, and at the podium. And um, he's trending in the right direction, I'll say that. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's getting the confidence. I mean, you know, who is it? Uh, Josh Richardson says some great things about him, all the other guys. And they genuinely like the guy, you know. And, and to me, you know, there was a time where when I looked at FERC and I looked at a lot of guys on this roster, and who knows, this team, you know, they played well last night. They can lay an egg tomorrow night, but what I'm, but right now what I see is, I see Furkan used to be a guy who, if they went up against lesser opponents like the Brooklyn, not the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks or the Cleveland Cavaliers or this and that, he looked great. But then whenever they would go up against like a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, things like that. You know, and I'm not even saying Miami, I mean Boston, you know, teams like that, teams that really, like as good as Miami is, Miami still has some young guys on that team. But these other guys are like proven, like Boston, Milwaukee. And for him to have a performance like he did last night, it says a lot to me. And they're well-coached team. You know, he just stayed there. The people try to draw, I'm going to try to uh, chase him off the line. He's still sticking threes. There comes a point where people start game planning for him and doing things. He was still out there doing what he had to do, and that showed me a lot about him. You know what, Keith, too, and again, you've seen him a lot more up close, but don't you think he's getting a little more confident putting the ball on the floor, too? I mean, he's not 
he, I mean, he's, his bread and butter is going to be that standstill three. But I think at least he's getting a little more confident putting it on the floor. You know what? That, I think that has always been a misconception about his game. It does look like it more. But when you saw him, see, the thing is, it's kind of weird. It's like you get in where they want you to play. Like, in other words, you know, no one was asking him to put the ball on the floor and do certain things. But if you would see him in summer league and you would see him in the G League and stuff, he was taking guys off the dribble. And he would tell you that that was his game in Turkey. However, in the NBA on this particular team, they're telling him, like, no, your your game is in the corner making threes. You know, so, you know I mean, that's how it was. But, you know, I mean, Ferk looked good. He played well um, last night. Um, can he be that guy? The Sixers sure hope so. Like I said to someone after the game, I said, and I said, look, bro, y'all played well, but y'all still need a bench scorer or shooter. And he pointed at the stat sheet at Furkan. So, you know, right now they think that possibly if he's not the one, he's going to be one of the ones who can basically help him out. Now, I still think moving forward, they need another guy. No question. You know, no question but, about it. But they, that's what they think. They they only had eight other bench points besides him. So, uh, you know, it, it wasn't like the rest of the bench was just going crazy. And, and now with Matisse Thibel out, be evaluated around in two weeks. We don't we don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, you know, they, they're going to need for coming in, and, and they're going to need their other guys, too, coming in. And I agree with you. I... I, I mean, when Elton Brand talked to the media before the game, he basically said, oh, we're always, you know, we always look at things and everything. I, I would be shocked if they don't add anybody by the trade deadline to bolster that bench. I'm with you, my man. I'm with you. Um, so when we get right back, we're going to go real quick on the upcoming matchups. Real quick on that one. We'll be right back. All right, Mark, so right now the Sixers go back to Orlando, the scene of one of the one of the, the worst crime, worst, um, probably their worst loss. I don't know if it was their worst loss. but it was, Now, it was, I'll give you the Washington, maybe the Washington. Yeah, the Washington one, Washington. but it was one of the worst ones. Like when they, they went to Orlando, that's the game where at that point Tobias was like 0 for 24 on shoot on three right. shooting and it was a lot to talk about a lot of people were were saying what the heck is going on you know so now you um you know now now here they are now here they are and they're, and they're about to go back there and, and they got to play them and then they have Miami this is a tough little stretch yeah, no question, Keith. Remember last game, though, Embiid did not play due to load management um, in, in that game. So that, that certainly ha- was, was a factor in, in, in that loss as well. Keith, it'll be interesting to see what the Sixers do with these um, back-to-back games. If, if everyone's going to play both of them and, and things like that, you know everyone's going to play against Miami. It'll be interesting to see what happens with, with Orlando. Okay, I mean, what do you think, though? I mean, if you're the 76ers, at this particular time, you know, you got to go down there and make a statement regardless of who plays. I mean, you have to. You know, like now, when we talk about people, everyone not playing, you know, Tobias Harris still want to play. 
Ben Simmons is still going to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Josh Richardson is still going to play. So these type of guys, these are guys, especially Tobias, you know, like, let's face it, this is going to be his uh, old team tour. Like, I have to, if I'm Tobias, I have to go down there, and I, and I, and I basically, excuse me, y'all, but he crapped the bed the last time they went, went down there. He has to come out and play on fire. And if he can do that, everything is going to work out for him. I mean, if he can do that, you know, everything will work out. I mean, as bad as they were, it was it was kind of like one of those things, you know, they were in a sluggish funk. Tobias was sick. Um, Markel, folks, was out to prove something. You know what I mean? So it was just a bad thing for them. Well, you know, Keith, when you talk about Tobias's old team tour, the Christmas Day game against Milwaukee was an old team tour. His he, he has a few of them out there. But the the one thing is that as you as you recalled uh, about his 0 for 24 slump, he was in a real funk that, then. And remember too, he was he was a little ill at that time as, as as well. He's now playing with a lot of confidence, and there's a lot of talk about whether. Whether Tobias Harris is going to be an all-star this year, that's how much his game is elevated. Now, give me your thoughts on them going to Miami. I, I think it's, it's going to be a real, real tough game. I mean, uh, they really struggled with that Miami zone the last time. And uh, that, that was, uh, to me, it wasn't as sophisticated a zone as the Dallas zone that they faced. But in the long run, Keith, that may have been the best thing that happened to these guys, getting used to this zone early, because you know they're going to see it in the playoffs. I don't know if they'll see it to that degree or anything like that. I think it's going to be a very, very tough game for them, coming off a of back to back against the Heat, who's a young, energetic team. Um, and, and again, they beat the Sixers without Gordon Dragic and Justice Winslow, who are going to be two very important players in their playoff rotation. Yeah, well, you know, so we're, we're going to learn more about the Sixers. Just like we learned that this was a great win for them, we're going to learn how they can regroup uh, against uh, against that. We're going to learn how they're going to go into Miami, you know, after. Now, Miami has a late arriving crowd, though. But, but they're going to go into Miami, you know, when is it, on Saturday? They're going to go there on Saturday at, on the back-to-back and see what they can do against a team that's going to throw that zone at them again. So we'll see a lot. Jimmy Butler's going to be home, you know, playing in front of his home crowd at Miami. It's going to be the third time going up against him. And like you said, the team was injured. It was a young team. So we're going to learn a lot about this 76ers team moving forward. But, hey, this was a statement game. I called it a judgment. It was judgment day for them. And uh, they came out and, and showed that they can compete. It was a great game for the Sixers. A great win for the Sixers. All right, Mark, I want to thank you for joining. I want to thank you all for listening, and have a great day. Peace.